0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we break down Winnipeg Jets' season opening loss to the Calgary Flames with Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press. Also, we are going to look ahead to the Manitoba Moose home opener with defenseman Ty Bauer coming up on the podcast. Let's start, though, by looking back at last night's game between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames, a 5-3 victory for the Flames in that one over the Jets. And we're going to break it down with our friend Ken Weeb, now of the Winnipeg Free Press. And Ken, a simple question to start. How do you feel about what you saw from the Jets in their opener yesterday?
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Christian. I would say the Jets showed a lot of you know, prog- progressive things in terms of how they were playing, trying to play structurally, uh, especially in the defensive zone, only giving up the 22 shots on goal. Uh, in the game i would say that was something that down the stretch ride last year uh, that was certainly not a frequent uh, didn't happen with great frequency uh they, you know, the night was not overly taxing on connor hellebuck so on that side of things i would say they're pretty encouraged uh, and then in terms of the offense here ja the generates i mean 37 shots on goal i think it had it for 83 shot attempts compared to 45 against i mean there was a lot to like in that game in terms of you know, offense created as well. They just didn't find the back of the net maybe as often as they would have liked. They had a third period rally, uh, which again, in, in an opener, you would take some solace in. But at the end of the day, a couple of critical errors uh, ended up in the back of the net and, and they're left in a game where they probably deserved at least one, uh, if not two points with nothing. So, I mean, there's always going to be learning lessons early in the year, but... Uh, overall for a uh, curtain raiser i would say the jets uh, showed a lot of good things in the game but uh, certainly also some things they'd like to clean up
0: the first line uh with shifley centering vilardi and connor for me it looked pretty fast i think they looked like they were in control of that offensive end for a lot of the game they were obviously spending a lot of time together on the power play too early returns look good for them right
1: yeah great assessment christian i would say uh, you know obviously they're their power play performance was exceptional, I would say, and you can include Alex Iafalo on that. And Iafalo is a guy that a lot of people are saying, oh, why is Iafalo on that top unit? Well, he showed why. He's a guy who's great at puck retrievals. He showed a really you know, deft passing ability in, in certain situations, uh, finding Gabe Velarde for at least one pure one-timer from the slot. I uh, really like the, the spacing and the ability to create uh grade A high danger chances from that high slot, whether it was Velarde himself or or Mark Scheifley later on in the game right before the Rasmus Anderson shorty. Uh, Josh Morrissey was getting involved as well, Kyle Connor. So I would say that uh, those three looked really good. Definitely on the power play, and I also liked a lot of what we saw at 5-on-5 as well. I I really love the way that Velarde plays a smart and subtle game Uh, and the goal that Kyle Connor scored. I mean, we know not a lot of wrist shots are going to be scored from just inside the blue line, but uh, really smart play by Connor to go with a stop and go and create some spacing for himself and then use Jordan Osterley for a perfect screen. Now any wrist shot from the blue line should be stopped and Markstrom got a piece of it, but uh, that, that play doesn't happen without Kyle, uh, his smarts and his ability to get a quick release off there. But yeah. And then Mark Scheifele too, tying the game in the third period with just an absolute laser beam after a really great play. By Josh Morrissey, that I mean that line was very involved offensively, a ton of shots on goal and shot attempts. Vlardy leading all players with seven shots on goal. Uh, he could have had three himself last night. I thought he was very involved and a really good debut for that line as a whole.
0: To line two now, where we saw Cole Perfetti centering Nikolai Ehlers and Nino Niederreiter. Uh, Ehlers coming out of uh, training camp where he didn't play one preseason game. I thought he looked pretty good. Didn't look overly rusty. Uh, and then we also saw him go hard into the boards in the last seconds when the Jets were trying to defend the empty net. Do we know how he's doing?
1: Yeah, it's not not fully known. But I would say the, the biggest reason for optimism when it comes to Ehlers' health status would be that he didn't go straight down the tunnel and into the room. Uh, yes, of course, the cameras caught him. And I you know, looking from the perch in the saddle dome, you see him hunched over, kind of grabbing his arm. Um, I mean, that's never a great sign, but I don't think it was as serious as maybe some people thought it could have been. Uh, I mean, we'll get an update on Friday when the Jets return to, to practice, but I certainly don't think it's a long-term thing. And just based on the fact that dealers didn't go running down the tunnel immediately, I would think that it may have been something where he was just a little bit more winded uh, rather than it be something that's going to be a long-range concern for him. But, yeah, in terms of the way that line looked, I would say there were, you know, a a mixture of things. Uh, Ehlers himself, three shots on goal, eight shot attempts. I thought there were, there were times where he had those, you know, bursts that you're used to seeing, uh, you know, electrifying shifts. And I mean, you know, Niederreiter was absolutely robbed by Jacob Markstrom with that early chance. And I think it was an accidental save. And I, I, I mean that in the most sincere way, it's a great save, but I think it was more a matter of Niederreiter kind of shot it into his pad when he had at least half the net staring at him. But, I mean, great, creating quality chances is what that line is going to have to do. Now they're going to have to convert a few more. Uh, tough night for Cole in the face-off circle. Uh, we know there's going to be some growing pains with him moving to the second-line centre job, but uh, I certainly think that uh, he needs to be given a lot, little, a lot more leeway. This is a guy who does a lot of great things with a puck on his stick, and in terms of his defensive responsibilities, I thought he was pretty sound on that front. So I would say uh, room for improvement for the line, but definitely some maybe flashes of potential there for sure.
0: How about the bottom six?
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, not bad. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a jumbled line on the game winner after the icing with Kapari out there uh, with a couple of guys he wasn't necessarily playing with as often during the game itself. I thought Morgan Barron looked good. Uh, obviously, Kapari, tough shift. I mean, I mean, he lost the draw to Elias Lindholm. And then he thought he had him pinned along the boards. He made the right play to f- Finishes his check but then Lindholm kind of spun off of him and that allowed him to get that clear lane to the to the net for the game winner but uh, overall I, I thought there was lots to like from I thought Mason Appleton was pretty effective in the game Adam Lowry that line I thought to me looked really good I have follow as we mentioned earlier Uh looked at him the power play the penalty kill and at 5 on 5 so I mean you know not maybe you know the Rick bonus would like to see them have a little bit more impact on the score sheet but uh, I getting that uh, excellent redirection goal. Very impressive. Uh, overall, I thought the Jets played pretty well. Their bottom six, I think, again, room for improvement, but I think a solid first effort. And I think the most important thing to me, Christian, I mean, Rick Bonus told us he would be playing that line 10 to 12 minutes, and I think the lowest ice time uh, on a fourth-line player was 8.55. So pretty true to his word, considering the Jets were basically chasing the game throughout. So I, I thought that was an important first step for them uh, in the big picture, but yeah, I mean, it's game one of 82. So they're going to want to make a little bit bigger impact as the games uh, move along here.
0: I think defensively the the top four look pretty solid. Morrissey DeMello looked pretty good. And I'm really impressed with Dylan Sandberg because he gets put into a top four role now with, with Neil Pionk there on paper, at least. And I thought this is a guy that looks like he could absolutely be a, a top four guy for this team for this year. And by proxy then for years to come.
1: Yeah, bang on. Uh, I like the way that Dylan was getting involved in the play a little bit more than we've seen in the years past. I think he's kind of going to be unlocked a little bit. I know last year, just with him being in that sort of three-way battle for the sixth job that he ultimately you know, won pretty handily, uh, I think he's just going to feel more comfortable. We saw the physical element of his game in the preseason. I think we're going to see that a lot more. Obviously, he's a guy who you know blocks a lot of shots and, and those sorts of things. But I think you're going to see him activate on the rush a little more. He's never going to be a massive point producer, but he has an offensive element of his game that we haven't seen as much at this level. Uh, He's had that throughout wherever he's played, whether you've seen him at the World Juniors or, you know, at uh, Minnesota Duluth or with the Manitoba Moose. He he has the ability to move the puck and get involved. He's got a pretty heavy shot. So, yeah, I really liked a lot of things about that pairing. Uh, I think it was, you know, pretty steadying pairing. And we know Neil Pionk's a guy who needs to have a bounce back year. I uh, liked a lot, of, a lot of what I saw from those two uh, on that second pairing. And, yeah, I mean, the third pairing had its moments, uh, certainly, in the course of the game. I think, you know, one thing where always people are quick to rush to judgment and, you know, get Declan Chisholm in there. People are going wild on social media. But, I mean, let, let's not forget, you know, Nate Schmidt knows. He, he wasn't trying to ice it. He thought he could get it on net so that his line mates could change after a long shift. Uh, let's also not forget he hadn't played – Since the first preseason game, before he suffered that lower body injury, so uh, I would say I, I don't think the Jets are going to be rushing to make a ton of changes. And you know, there was rust to be shaken off, and I expect that Nate Schmidt will be you know working hard to ensure that doesn't happen again. And it's never just one play, but you know nobody's going to be harder on himself than Nate Schmidt. So. Uh, certainly, I think that's something to take into consideration going into Saturday's home opener.
0: Sandberg did finish with 14:38 of ice time, which was the lowest amount among the six defense, but not much lower than Dylan Instrument. I think part of that is Peon getting six more minutes because he was on the second power yeah. play unit and they had a lot of opportunities. But um, and then finally in net, Ken Connor Hellebuck last night. You know, he gives up four goals. It's an 8:10 save percentage that looks bad on paper, of course. But when yep. you when you go through the four goals. Other than the Anderson goal, what's he really to blame for?
1: Yeah, agreed. And I know a lot of people were, were you know, <laughs> voicing their displeasure, uh, you know, wild overreactions. Oh, well, how can you, you know, the guy who just got the big contract gave up four. I mean, come on, folks. It's it's one game, and I'm with you. I mean, I didn't like the Anderson goal in particular. Um, the, you know, the weaker goal. Anyone who didn't see it in real time, if you look at the replay, Connor doesn't react until the puck hits the net, which means he didn't see it. And, you know, the Mangiapane, the first one, uh, kind of just landed on his stick, right? So, I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't think it was a uh, awful night for him, but, I mean, he was the second best goalie on the ice. So that, That's indisputable, but uh, I don't think it was a uh, red flag kind of situation where uh, you're getting concerned by one, one outing. I mean, I'm sure Connor was, pretty fired up and and we know guys want to have a big impact once they sign a big ticket even when that big ticket doesn't kick in until the following season so uh, as I mentioned to somebody else who emailed their displeasure this morning uh, I believe that Connor uh, goaltending will not be a problem for the Winnipeg Jets this season and uh, I would expect Connor you know loves his afternoon games I would think he's going to be pretty sharp uh, against the Florida Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Do
0: you deal with a lot of uh, reader mail that (laughs) Shares their opinions, not just on on Twitter, but you get emails still too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And going back to the newspaper, there are a few more emails rolling in uh, in the last day here. So it's good. We we love the uh, we love the passion and the intensity. And as I like to say, just sometimes a deep breath is required when it's a long season. But uh, that's good. That means people are ready for the season, and it's a fun time of year. It's a great excitement around the league. We know Connor Bedard's debut got a ton of press this week and you know it's a big night for former Winnipeg ice forward Zach Benson making his debut with the Buffalo Sabres so uh it's an exciting time of year I mean it's I love it it was great to be in the building and uh emotional moment with the Snow family being honored and just being in the arena it was it was really uh, really well done by the Flames organization yesterday and yeah it's a fun time of year and can't wait to for the rest of the 82 to unfold in front of us here
0: We'll get you out of here on this. Then, looking ahead to Saturday's game, is this the best time this year to catch the Panthers right off the bat when their team's banged up from that long cup run?
1: Well, I would say it's probably there's a lot of benefits. Uh, They'll be, you know, they'll it'll be one of those money on the board type of games, whether uh, Paul Maurice admits it or not. But uh, I would say for sure. I mean, the Panthers are not quite at full strength quite yet, so. And uh, sometimes, you know, it takes, uh, takes Mr. Bobrovsky a little bit of time to get uh, warmed up here. So we'll see how he does in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, I would say it's uh, the Jets will be hungry to bounce back after what they felt was a pretty good effort. And as Kyle Connor and Rick bonus both said after the game, I mean, if if they use that template uh, with consistency, the Jets are going to win a lot of games and, you know, you still got to respect the Panthers. They've got a ton of talent, and you know they showed that they have what it takes—the moxie—to make it to the, you know, the Stanley Cup final. So they're going to be ready for that game on Saturday, and should be a festive atmosphere. Uh, home openers are pretty special, and uh, excited to be covering my 13th on Saturday afternoon.
0: Well, Ken, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and we'll check in again soon. My pleasure, Christian.
1: Thanks for having me. Have a great evening.
0: Ken Weave of the Winnipeg Free Press joining us here to start off tonight's show. Manitoba Moose season kicks off tomorrow night with a visit from the Calgary Wranglers and you'll be able to catch it right here on 680 CJOB. We are broadcasting 17 Moose games on CJOB this year, starting with the home opener tomorrow as Daniel Fink will be on the air at 630 with pregame coverage ahead of the seven o'clock start time. Also, if you're petting to the game tomorrow, the first 3000 fans will get a free Moose flag. And we're not talking a little flag. We're talking a full size flag. Anyway, To preview the action, I caught up with defenseman Ty Bauer earlier today, last year in his first season with the Moose. Scored twice, added five helpers in 47 games, also had 103 penalty minutes. My chat with the 21-year-old started by me asking him how it feels that he's one sleep away from the start of his second AHL season.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, Summers, they seem to go by fast, but at the same time, it seems like forever since we played our last hockey game, so... Um, you know, camp's over. The team's excited. I'm excited, and we're looking forward to this one.
0: How do you think your first pro season went last year? Yeah, it was I think I think it went well.
2: Um, there's a lot of learning involved in any step you take to the next level, and it was no different for me. Um, however, the group of guys and the coaching staff were phenomenal. Uh, welcomed me in. Uh, made me feel a part of the team and I can't thank them enough for that and we're looking forward to keeping that going in year two.
0: What do you think was the, the hardest adjustment for you? Yeah, it's just bigger
2: guys. Bigger guys, stronger guys. Everything moves faster. Not only the players, but the game is thought at a faster speed, uh, which was a little bit of an adjustment. Other than that, it's just you know making everything come together. You're living on your own um, you know, with no billets or, or roommates or anything. Uh, you know you got a shop cook all that kind of stuff which can be a little bit of an adjustment for a young kid coming up but um you know you kind of get in a rhythm and figure that out as the year goes on
0: so were you sent a bunch of recipes to help out were you sent grocery lists how'd you get through that
2: yeah yeah definitely um my old billets from when i played junior in seattle bill and donna they were fantastic they sent me some recipes and i learned a lot from them mom and dad are obviously always a phone call away and they take it upon themselves to to help me whenever I can, whenever they can. So um, there's a lot. It's, there's a lot of help coming in from different angles when you're moving out on your own for the first time.
0: So, what do you think your signature dish is after a year of, of being away from uh, people to cook for you?
2: Oh, well, signature uh, might be a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but uh, uh, I do enjoy you know a nice barbecued steak every once in a while.
0: Okay, and how do you like your steak?
2: Uh, medium rare for me.
0: Okay. And do you, uh, cause I, I personally find it difficult to, to get the steak how I like it. I'm not good at cooking steak. I'm much better at cooking chicken because you don't really need to worry about chicken. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I guess, uh, do you, do you live in a spot where you have like a balcony for barbecue? How does that work? Uh,
2: yeah, I do now. I didn't last year, but I did have one of those little, uh, shelf or the, you know, stove top grills. That I would use it and it worked all right but in, in terms of cooking I, I learned from my dad and he's made the best steak I've ever had so uh you know we, we're doing our best to work our way up there
0: of course all right so the adjustment off the ice we talk about here what about on the ice you mentioned the speed and thinking the game what did you do this off season to work on that to get ready for your second year of pro
2: yeah, you just you just keep working. Um, a lot of it comes naturally as you kind of get used to the level and used to the players, teammates, all that kind of stuff. But you also have coaches um, in the summer and trainers that help you with all that kind of stuff. So you kind of sit down with them at the beginning. You say, hey, this is how my season went. These are the things I want to address. And you put the time in over the summer. So I think I did that. And I'm excited to see how it goes this year.
0: How do you think your training camp experience was with the Jets this year?
2: Yeah, it's always a blast. Um, the players, the coaches, I mean, they're in the NHL for a reason. They have so much knowledge, and they think the game and, and play the game at an extremely high level. So being able to be around those guys and, and interact with them and get to know them a little bit more personally you know, can really help a young player who's trying to make an impact uh, in the organization. So I had a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, hopefully seeing those guys again one day.
0: And you got to drop the gloves in a preseason game too. I
2: did. I did. Uh, part of the game, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, Was there history between the two of you? Because that's what I, I heard. You, you seemed pretty pumped about it afterwards. You were doing the, the raise your hands to make some noise to the crowd.
2: Yeah, I mean, any time you... You step in there and have another, you know, grown man trying to trying to do what he's trying to do. Afterwards, that it'll get the adrenaline going. So, uh, yeah, I was I was pretty pumped up for that one.
0: Who on the Moose has kind of helped you the most in terms of adjusting to pro game in terms of veterans? Someone like Jimmy Olin? He been helping out?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Christian, it's hard to name just one. We had so many great guys last year. Jimmy. Big big factor. Obviously, he's been doing it a long time. Um, Ashton Sodner, and then some of the older guys like uh, Dom Toninato and um, Jeff Malad and Cole Meyer. You know, then there's tons more. Jones. Like I could keep going down the list. Every every single veteran player on that team had an impact just by the way they carried themselves and how welcoming they were and made you feel a part of the team. So. It's hard to pick out a few guys. I think just the culture of that room and the way that the team is constructed makes it very easy for young players coming in.
0: How are excited are you to see some players like Chas Lucius and Brad Lambert taking the lineup now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun players to watch. Uh, they're fun to be on the ice with. And, you know, we're we're just trying to work together as a team and, and get some games won and win this thing. So, they're going to be a big piece to that and we are excited to see how they do this year and how we can help them out.
0: And do you have a scouting report on the Calgary Wranglers or do you really have one during the first game of a season? Is it hard to have one?
2: Uh, It can be a little bit difficult, but we, uh, we have a way and, you know, especially coaching styles where we have enough video and we can kind of presume what teams are going to do. So we'll do our best. It's the first game of the year. So, you know, there's always moving parts, and we're trying to fine tune systems and, you know, build chemistry with other players. So we're going in there worried about ourselves and performing to the best of our team's abilities, and we think we'll have no problems if we execute that.
0: Since tonight is the last sleep before the first game, does tonight's sleep harder for you? Is it harder to get a good night's sleep, the nerves, or are you affected by it at all?
2: Yeah, I mean, you try to stay as even kill as possible throughout it all. Uh, that's in any any point in your career, you know, never too high, never too low. That being said, first nights, I mean, they, they always get you excited. Uh, you're just laying there, you know, maybe running through some memories of old ones, maybe visualizing what you're going to do the next day. I was sitting on that coach the other day, watching some NHL games and NHL highlights. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's hockey season. It's back. Let's do this thing. It's, it's what we play for. Um, it's why we do it. And we love what we do. So, Uh, we definitely get excited for these ones.
0: Well, Ty, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this and uh, best of luck tomorrow and through the season. Yeah. Thank you very much, Christian. It was my pleasure. Ty Bauer, defenseman for the Manitoba Moose. Their season begins tomorrow night against the Calgary Wranglers at seven o'clock at Canada Life Center. If you want to head on down, you'll get a free flag. If you're one of the first 3000 people in attendance, if you want to stay home, listen on CJOB, you can do that. 680 CJOB carrying it starting with a 630 PM pregame show with Daniel Fink. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6 30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and
2: thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the
1: You may not share our intellect fight this